Welcome to another episode of Disney Versus, the greatest good you are ever gonna get. <laughs> yes. <laughs> this is the podcast where we have animated discussions about animated movies. I'm Tori. I'm Grace. And I'm Heather. If you are new to the show, what we've done is we've taken 64 Disney and Pixar movies, we've ranked them in a massive bracket, and we debate, eliminate, and talk about them until we have a true winner. How's it going, guys? Truly, I don't have it together today. <laughs> Tori needs some coffee. I do. I don't drink coffee, actually. Get some Maybe coffee. That's the problem. Uh, okay, I rescind my invitation for you to move to Seattle. Ooh. It's, it's, the, it's Apparently, it's the coffee capital of the world. So, yeah, I don't know if that'll work for me. They'll I don't just know. shun me. The I entire think, city will just shun me. I think Grace could get you into coffee. Apparently, she makes really good coffee. Yeah. It's true. Mm-hmm. She'll just she'll just be my coffee. dealer. Yeah. She's just going to be hooked. There you go. <laughs> Caffeine's a hell of a drug. What about Disney news? <laughs> On all my money, we'll go to Starbucks. Truth. Ah, he's falling into my trap. <laughs> it's a web. Excellent. This delicious web. It's the cakes that are going to get me. Mm. The cake is a lie. Yes. Oh this week's matchups are Toy Story 3 versus Princess and the Frog and Toy Story 2 versus The Incredibles. Woot. Let I, us start. I did put Toy Story. I did make this a Toy Story episode on purpose. Full disclosure. Huh. So rude. Rude. I am not it's mad not even to talk about Toy Story. the good ones. <laughs> Yo. <laughs> I thought you said you liked the third one. Exactly. I love the third one. You did say the third one. Toy Story 2 is trash. It's garbage. Yo. Here, okay, fight words. Fight words. Let us start. You know what? We're going to switch it up. Let us start with the trash. Yeah, let's get into it. Why is Toy Story 2 trash? Okay, it focuses on characters that aren't part of Toy Story canon and aren't interesting. Like, I don't give a crap about Jesse. You don't care about Jesse's abandonment issues? No. You don't care about the idea that Jesse was Andy's mom's? That's a theory, though. That's not really proven. Yeah, it would be cool if there was some... It would be cool if she wasn't a whiny brat, but she's a whiny, manipulative brat, so I don't care. You know what's also a theory? The entire Pixar theory is just a theory. It's also, you know, cartoon and... Apparently we were also cartoon, we are cartoons today yes <laughs> yeah i'm just i'm not a fan i i like i like the classic toy story characters i'm okay with these new guys in toy story 3 that's fine i actually like jesse more in toy story th- 3 like she's more tolerable wait feel- <clears throat> which people in toy story 3 do you love you mean the characters at sunnyside that we're never gonna see again yeah i'm, I'm okay with them what like a oh couple God. of them. Like Lotso, Baby, um, Ken. We'll see Ken, right? They go off into the sunset, right? Yeah. 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 They become like the new, uh, I guess, landlords of Sunnyside. Ken and yeah. Barbie. Mm-hmm. I think Lotso yeah. is kind of the same as the Prospector. Like they ha- he has a grudge. Yes. They certainly serve the same roles. I think Lotso's storyline is better. I think 
we get a better backstory. The prospector just don't care. Just don't care. Also, why is he living in the box that whole time? Well, he wasn't in the box the entire time because he was the one that turned on the TV and tried to get Woody yeah, captured. Yeah, but like, why is he pretending all that time? Oh, this is true. <laughs> Heather just brought to our attention that we are not debating Toy Story 2 versus Toy Story 3. <laughs> Please remember. Which is fine. Yeah, I just just want to make sure y'all remember because I'm like, wait, what are we talking about right now? Like, <laughs> Toy Story Two sucks. I will not say that Toy Story Two sucks because no? I think Toy Story Two is necessary to get to Toy Story Three. You know what? I think you can introduce all of the people introduced in Toy Story Two in ten minutes in Toy Story Three. You just get rid of that whole movie. Well, they introduced 14 characters in Toy Story 2. Sorry, in Toy Story 3. And they introduced three in Toy Story 2. And they suck. They Yo, suck. Bullseye is you the best new character. You don't care about the characters in Toy Story 2. I don't care about any of the characters in Toy Story 3. We're never going to see it, any of them again, except for the ones that live with Bonnie. And they weren't even that remarkable. The, thing, the only good one the was the dinosaur. About, okay. Here's the thing. That's true. I forgot about her. She's bomb. How can you not care about her? No, also, she's the only one that I could care about. Okay. Also, Toy Story 3 is way more about the supporting characters from Toy Story 1. And I like all of those people way more than anyone from Toy Story 2. Okay. But moving on with the round, Toy Story 2 versus what? Princess and the Frog, right? No. no, Toy Story 2, this is incredible. Incredible. No, we're That's not moving on. Is. We're not moving on. We're, oh my we're God. staying on Toy Story 2. Yo, this is our animated discussion. We're finally having an animated discussion, and you want to stop it? No, 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 no. No, we're fighting about this. Doubling back to Toy Story 2 versus The Incredibles. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> the Incredibles has a fantastic story arc. You've got these heroes who are everything the public humanitarian hero should be. Public service, do right by kids, save that kitty in the tree, all that jazz. And then they get in trouble, kind of in a mutant style. Yo, the beginning of this movie is just like Civil War. That's all this yeah, is. It really is. It's, it's beat for beat. And then you see these heroes in unnatural environments. Bob is a insurance adjuster is that he's an insurance job? salesman yeah or no insurance yeah he is salesman. an insurance adjuster he works for and... state farm <laughs> pretty much yeah <laughs> i wonder if his um, name is jake insuracare is is the name of the company mm-hmm. insuracare insuracare is on your side <laughs> and he's super he hates it he hates his job he hates that he's forced to swindle people because his boss is Into forcing this, him to, yeah. Because, like, that's yeah, just what the they want. boss is forcing him to. And, yeah, and, and so you see him kind of take his life back. He's given an opportunity. He takes his life back. Goes back into superhero work. Has to lie to his wife and his family to kind of get to a point where he's happy. I I do wish that they talked a little bit more about his betrayal. Mm-hmm. That's not exactly kid-appropriate, but I think it would be more realistic. I think the whole marital dispute of this 
yeah isn't kid appropriate like this is i don't think this is a kid's movie like there's not much yeah. in this for the kids this is a um uh the message of this film go over the kid's head yeah because kids i mean unless you know they see it firsthand kids don't understand you know massive marital disputes midlife crisis wanting to li- relive the glory days yeah mm-hmm. kids don't i don't think kids really deal with stuff like that like i didn't deal with stuff like this when you know in 2004 when this movie came out i was what 14 i'm i, I kind of want to disagree with that just because i want to kind of say that it's a kids movie but also an adult movie it's it's basically it's very pixar you know what i mean in the sense mm-hmm. that in the sense that there are kid things so like dash running on water that shit's so cool you know uh Violet having a crush on a on like some someone in her school, you know, like the kids fighting and stuff like that. Like they can they can relate to that. And if the kids do live in a household where their parents fight and stuff like that, they, you know, they also relate to that. And even if they don't, it's sort of like an adult movie in a sense that in the sense that everything that goes over their heads, you know, all the at least over the kids' heads, all the mature audience or whatever catches on to that stuff but i mean it's about superheroes and it's about a family and every family has issues so it's kid friendly in the sense that it's colorful and there are like some really cool things and it's actiony and it's about superheroes and it's mature in the sense that it actually kind of brings to light some of the just family issues that people have you know yeah let me walk back what i said i think what i mean to say is this movie is more serious yeah okay i think it has more serious themes more adult themes yes yeah 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 because looking at the movies that came before it it's you say it's colorful it's a darker film because before this there was monsters inc and finding nemo and toy story one and two and bugs life there's stuff in that that the kids can latch on to. There's, you know, slapstick moments in all of those movies. Mm-hmm. I don't think there's a real slapsticky moment. Like an outright kid will giggle at this for hours. There's yeah. not an... There, I don't think there's an instance like that in this movie. And Pixar doesn't mm-hmm. really do that. Yeah. Pixar does verbal puns more than it does slapstick. Yeah. Which I appreciate. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think... I mean. Think of think of Mike Wazowski's scenes in Monsters Inc. There are several moments when I think Mike something Wazowski will happen in a is inherently a sla- slapstick character, though. Yeah, and that's I think he's probably the only slapstick character aside from Mr. Potato Head and Dory and Crush. Nah, I don't. Con- I don't think they're slapstick though. They don't have. But they, they do have. They're not physical where comedy. The kids will, where the kids will be will just giggle uncontrollably stuff like that i think i think the incredibles yeah. is just an altogether like more cheap laughs movie. is that what you yes. mean yes yes cheap okay. laughs mm-hmm. okay what about toy story 2 i like the story because the first movie is about buzz getting his shit together mm-hmm. the second movie is about woody getting his shit together because this is the part where i go super deep it uh, brings up the question of time versus immortality because Woody gets injured, or sorry, he gets damaged, mm-hmm. and he kind of retreats into himself for a minute. And once he meets the Roundup gang and hears their stories, he comes to the decision of would he rather go back to Andy and be 
loved for as long as Andy needs him because the prospector brings up Andy's growing up. Mm-hmm. Do you want to be a child's plaything until that child doesn't want you anymore? Or do you want to go into this museum where millions of kids for all times will come and see you and adore you, but from behind a glass, you'll never have that physical attraction that a single owner will give you. Mm -hmm. That's, that's the dilemma that Woody is faced with. And ultimately at the end, he, he decides that that short time with Andy is worth more than all the superficial love in the world. And it, I was thinking about it and it kind of, it's kind of like when celebrities decide not to age gracefully, they try Hmm. to, they try to fight time and stay Mm -hmm. forever young. And then there are others who are, you know, recognize their, their mortality and don't try to look like a goddess forever. Do you have an example? Michael Jackson. Versus... Who's someone that is? I my immediate thought is Ellen Pompeo, because um, I've been watching Grey's Anatomy, <laughs> and Ellen is starting to show her age, and it's like I'm not used to seeing that. I think I've been watching this show for twelve years now, mm-hmm. just one thing, um, and she looks so much younger twelve years ago. But I also kind of appreciate that I can see her wrinkles. That that's that's more realistic than. Mm-hmm. Certainly, anyone yeah. else on the show. Name someone else on the show, just so I can get a mental picture. Um, someone that's probably still alive from the original cast. Because <laughs> there are so yeah. many. Because everyone died. <laughs> I also don't know who would be in other shows. Oh, uh, Christina Yang. Who plays oh, her? Oh yeah, Sandra. Sarah, o. Is it Sandra O? Oh? Sandra yeah. O. Mm-hmm. I mean, but she. I feel like she'll look young forever. But there's so many, I mean, we're going on. There's, you can think of celebrities that can, that have, you know, plastic surgery after plastic surgery. And then there are Ellen DeGeneres. Ellen DeGeneres mm-hmm. looks, look at Ellen DeGeneres at the premiere of Finding Nemo and the premiere of Finding Dory. She's aged. Mm-hmm. Look mm-hmm. at Tom Hanks. Tom Hanks I bet is, Tom Hanks has had plastic surgery though. I didn't think Tom Hanks had, had had plastic surgery just from... I wouldn't Some be of the surprised awards if he and had, stuff. like, Botox or something, you know? Maybe, yeah. yeah. But there are celebs that get, you know, small things done, and then there are celebrities mm-hmm. that get all of the Who, shit done. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, That's people true. who... I'm gonna... I think Joan Michael Rivers. Jackson is the best example, to be honest. Um, shit, I forgot what we were even talking about. Uh, immortality versus time. That kind of leads into Woody's super renewed love for Andy and Toy Story 3. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, Andy's growing up and... Andy's growing up and he's about to leave for college. They haven't been played with in a while. They're going through these schemes to try and get Andy's attention. Yeah, and Woody's whole thing is Andy was... Andy cares. He still cares because he was trying to put them in the attic and everybody else is thinking that Andy forgot about them. And yeah. mm-hmm. I think Woody's renewed faith in Andy and his renewed love in Andy comes from Toy Story 2. Because if you if you take out Toy Story 2 and you go from 1 to 3, I don't feel he like... He doesn't have a... 
Yeah. I don't feel like that's that love is earned. So you're saying that Toy Story 2 is necessary for that... The payoff in Toy Story 3. Yeah. Okay. I think it's necessary from a timeline perspective because I think it's important that we meet Buzz when Andy's around eight years old, mm-hmm. I guess. Mm. Let's say he's eight in Toy Story 1. He's 12 in Toy Story 2. Yeah. And then he's... 18. 18 in Toy Story 3. Yeah. Yeah. And then the, in- the Incredibles... I love the message, the idea brought up in The Incredibles of who is special. Mm-hmm. Because <laughs> Mr. Incredible yeah, Syndrome, is right. <laughs> Syndrome has this whole kind of breakdown because as as a child, he was so obsessed with Mr. Incredible and he tried to help out. And Mr. Incredible said, Fly home, I work buddy, alone. I work alone. Fly home, buddy, I work alone. Yeah. And that really kind of him, yeah and i i have a feeling that's not the only thing that scarred him but it was impactful yeah because um, he was his hero yeah <laughs> i think yeah. that was the biggest thing and so as mm-hmm. a superhero or as a super villain yeah he he brings up a point like what makes someone special if everyone's special what sets you apart from anyone else mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah i think his quote is mm-hmm. um and if everyone's special <laughs> no everyone's one will super. be super it is super it's super if everyone's super no one will be and i mean everybody brings it up bob brings it up in the beginning because he doesn't want to go to his son's graduation which i hated those growing up like this whole ceremony going from the fourth grade to the fifth grade because it's just a whole dog and pony show yeah about everybody meeting mandatory standards of moving on and it's a it's a participation ribbon yeah. And, you know, it's making everybody feel special and it doesn't make, I feel like it doesn't make anybody strive for anything. Mm-hmm. And because if you're there, Dash you still get a blue right. ribbon. Yeah. Yeah. You get a, you get a blue ribbon for showing up. Yeah. And not I setting think... yourself apart. <laughs> yeah. I think there is a point to that, but he's wrong. Like, there's no point in giving up. There's it's not even that there isn't a point in giving up. It's that you have to keep pushing. Um, you have to try to set yourself apart. And I think that manifests itself in different ways. Even if everyone's a superhero, everyone has different things that make them super. Mm-hmm. Everyone has a different skill that a different quality. makes them... Mm-hmm. Yeah, a different quality that makes them more useful in a certain situation. Yeah. Um, these superheroes still think differently and attack problems in different ways because of mm-hmm. their strengths and weaknesses. Mm-hmm. And that that doesn't make them any less super. Yeah. I just thought of a good example. In comic books, there are a group of people called Inhumans. And the way the Inhumans work is that they're, they start out as normal people mm-hmm. and they go through terrigenesis where they get their powers. And the way Inhuman... Like Deadpool. Mm, no. Okay. Like Wolverine. No. (laughs) The way Inhuman society works is that powers aren't random. Well, they are... They're kind of random. So if Inhuman society needs more soldiers, your powers will be useful at times of war 
And what I'm getting at is what makes you special, what would make you special is what you contribute to society. Does that make sense? Yeah. Okay. Give me an example. That's not Deadpool or Wolverine. It's, it's a group of people. But non-specific. Yeah. So it's basically a group of people that have like some sort of alien gene that needs to be activated. Gotcha. So they're, so they're not born with the powers. They have to be activated by these crystals. Like a latent mutant gene. Yes. 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 Okay. Mm -hmm. Mutant genes are activated by stress and puberty. Yep. Inhuman genes are activated by teragenesis, which is like birth by crystal. Let's go with that. Birth by crystal. Because they literally like Mm. throw a crystal at someone and then it turns to dust and they like inhale it or something. Like they're around it and then they basically go through like what butterflies go through or like caterpillars and they go into a cocoon and then they come out with powers. And every inhuman has a different power that is geared towards society's needs. Yes. Hmm. I'm trying to remember why Lincoln got his powers or why Sky got hers. society needs coffee. <laughs> needs what? what? I said, I think society needs coffee. <laughs> That'd be yours. I think See, I would be your power. <laughs> so if, if you were inhuman and society and I had a needed, latent mutant gene. Yep. You would be a super coffee machine oh say that hurt my soul oh god <laughs> okay let's move on to scenes and trivia and awards yeah <laughs> yeah cool yeah. oh god this is a weird episode so far guys where i was going with that was that would be how like your powers make you special and when everybody's super everybody in the inhuman society is super and special to some degree yeah because they're necessary yeah yes they're necessary basically syndrome wanted to try to make everybody super so that they wouldn't be special but our argument is that they would still be special in different in different circumstances so for example like when uh mr incredible and frozone went to that burning building if that burning building mm-hmm. was still stru- like structurally sound and frozone wasn't dehydrated he would have been able to put the fire out while mr incredible could have only t- like basically made the um structure fall and then that would have ended it like so there's two different scenarios of making of basically putting out the fire, but Frozone's would have been a better way if he was capable of doing that. Yes. So they're basically kind of situational in a sense. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So for Toy Story 2, Toy Story 2 won a lot of stuff. For Annie's, it won Best Animated Feature, Achievements in Directing, Music, Storyboarding, Writing, Female voice acting for Joan Cusack as Jesse and male voice acting for Tim Allen as Buzz. So somebody loved Jesse. Don't care. <laughs> I like Joan Cusack though. It was nominated for Best Original Song for When She Loved Me, but was beaten by You'll Be in My Heart from Tarzan. As it should have. I'm not going to say that was a tear-jerking scene because you don't care, but I think it was a good scene. I don't scene. care. You're right. Also, against Tarzan, come on. Well, 
I think Toy Story 2 is a better movie than Tarzan, but the music in Tarzan is better than the music in Toy Story 2. But that's neither here nor there. This isn't <laughs> Toy Story 2 versus Tarzan. Mm. Not yet. It's anyway. also not Toy Story 2 versus Toy Story 3. <laughs> not yet. Not yet. At the Golden Globes, it won Best Picture Musical Comedy and was nominated for Best Original Song for the same song, uh, When She Loved Me. And still lost to You'll Be in My Heart. So it got a lot of it got a lot of good uh award buzz. But this was still back in the early days when uh Best Animated Best Animated Feature wasn't a category at the Golden Globes and mm. this was in the beginning of Pixar's Golden Age. So mm. Pixar could do no wrong. And for The Incredibles, it won the Annie Awards for Best Animated Effects, Best Animated Film, Character Animation, Character Design, Directing, Music, Production Design, Storyboarding, Writing, and Best Voice Acting for Brad Bird as Edna Mode. <laughs> I forgot about that. <laughs> At the Oscars, it won Best Sound Editing. It was nominated for Best Sound Mixing. It won Best Animated Film, and it was nominated for Best Original Screenplay. This is the only Pixar movie not to be nominated for a musical category at the Oscars. Really? Yeah. Incredibles? Which is a shame. Yeah. Yeah, that's cool. Michael did a fantastic job on the score. Yeah. That's the one everyone plays. <laughs> and still, it lost to Finding Neverland. My it wasn't God. Even, yeah. <sighs> Barf. For the Golden Globes, though, it won Best Picture, Musical, or Comedy. Mm-hmm. This was also two years before uh, Best Animated Feature was a category. Mm. What are some funny lines from Toy Story 2 that you remember? <laughs> I don't. <laughs> it's all Incredibles. It's all Incredibles. It's one of the most quotable. It's probably the... We already went over this. Mm-hmm. One of the most quotable Disney movies. I don't think that um, The Incredibles has outright funny lines. Like, I don't quote the funny lines, but I think that... You quote the memorable... There, there are lines in here that, well, no capes is probably the funniest line. <laughs> but everybody But out of from... context, that doesn't mean anything. Yeah, I think mm. uh, for like our generation and for our zeitgeist, the idea of superhero mon- sorry super villain monologuing yeah was brought on by the Incredibles. Yeah, it was super. It everybody talks about the downfall of super be- villains being monologuing mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. Incredibles brought it up. Yeah, Incredibles actually like brought it to life. Yeah, yeah, and I mean there were seventy years of comics before this came out. But I think The Incredibles is like the most uh, relevant instance of superhero monologuing being brought up. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Brought and brought. Brought. Yeah, um, I liked all the Star Wars references in Toy Story too, though. At there the were beginning. a couple. Yeah. yeah. Like the entire Buzz Zerg B plot C yeah. plot mm-hmm. is <laughs> is Star Wars. Uh, is the Empire Strikes Back. Yeah, absolutely. And then at the end, like, you see them, like, fucking playing catch or something. <laughs> it's mm-hmm. like, thanks, Dad, or something. I don't even, like... Yeah. 
just like that whole scenario is, is funny to me, but I can't really think of any of any funny like lines or anything like that. Mm-hmm. You know, and something I just thought of, Toy Story 2 cemented Woody and Buzz's relationship because Buzz's whole thing was Woody would do the same for me. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. he kind of did in Toy yeah. Story 1. Even though it was it was his fault that he knocked Buzz out of the window. Yeah. Woody could have left well enough alone. Yeah. But no, he's like, mm-hmm. okay, let me go after Buzz. Yeah. Yep, yep. Not trash. In conclusion, not trash. In conclusion, not home on the range. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Still one of the best Pixar movies. Still one of the best Pixar movies. This was no. the movie that they... Wait, yes. Absolutely not. Toy Story not even 2? in the top... Pixar Story Story 2, one of the best Toy Story movies. Mm. This was the movie that they were like, wait, yo, wait. this is okay, so much better than Toy Story. Things. What? First of all, it is not one of the better Toy Story movies. Second of all, it's not one of the better Pixar movies. It's not even yeah. in the top half of Pixar movies. Oh, I think it is. I think it is in the top half. Uh, Definitely top half. I don't know, man. <laughs> so what's your pick? My pick is The Incredibles. Why is your pick I, The Incredibles? I'm getting there. <laughs> I like the villain better. I like the villain's story better. I like the side characters. There isn't a character that I actively dislike. <clears throat> Jesse. I love the music. It's a cool idea. Superhero families. It's beautiful. The end. Do we know what these go up against yet? Um, Toy Story 2... Well, sorry. The winner of this one will go against the winner of A Goofy Movie versus Hercules. And then the other will go against... What's it? The, uh, will go against the winner of Wreck-It Ralph versus Monster University. Ooh. Oh yeah. my. This shit is intense. Yo, we knew that when we started this. Just like camping in circuses. Because when you go when you what? go camping, you're in a tent, and when you're in a circus, you're in a tent. It's intense. Heather, get out. Heather, you're fired. <laughs> Heather, you're fired. <laughs> Please collect your things. Two, <laughs> Two gold stars for Heather. Yeah. Mic drop. <laughs> I give credit to uh, my boyfriend and his little brother because they're the ones that say that all the time. <laughs> Heather, please collect your things and go. We will send you a check. We will send your check in the mail. <laughs> After much deliberation, my pick is The Incredibles. Yes. <laughs> I was so worried for a second. Kinda... There. Grace, did you think I wasn't going to pick The Incredibles? I was I was a little worried. You were fighting pretty hard for Toy Story three. I was fighting to for you to say fight. that Toy Story two isn't trash. I will not. The only movie that the only movies that I will say are trash are Home on the Range, Chicken Little, and uh, shit. What's the other one? I thought I didn't think you thought Chicken Little was trash. You're probably right. I thought Home you said it was okay. Trash. Yeah, Home on the Range is like that. Is, is like the unnecessary uh, Pokemon that is actual trash. And I can't remember his name, but there's literally a Pokemon that is just, it's it's a garbage bag full of garbage, and it's a poison type. Toy Story 2 <laughs> is 
And my bottom three Pixar films. If it were anywhere else, Toy Story 2 would be going on. My pick is The Incredibles because I like the argument that the film brings up of who is special because it's a very it's a very deep question. And I like the satire that it brings about superheroes, like monologuing, superhero wardrobes. Um, I like the idea that this whole this whole movie is incited because someone was saved that didn't want to be saved. Bob's whole deal is that he likes saving people and he mm. liked being a hero. And Frozone's right. Nobody asked them to save people. You don't have an obligation to save people anymore, but you do anyway, even though it's basically illegal. Yeah. Maybe because I like Civil War so much. Well, maybe this is what influenced me to like Civil War so much. I like the dichotomy that it puts, you know, someone like Bob in to want to save someone but not be able to. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So. Bob is Captain America. Yeah. And Frozone it No. Um, shoot. What's the her government name? is uh, Iron Man? No. Elastigirl is Iron Man. Mm-hmm. Because she's like, the the glory days happened, and now we have a family. So forget about saving people. Mm-hmm. That's I true. I mean, that's not, that's not Iron Man's stance, but since Bob is, you have to pick one. Bob is yeah. Cap, and Elastigirl has to be Iron Man. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, there's the music and everything. I love the music more than Toy Story 2's. Yep. Incredibles Woo. moves on. Moving on to our next matchup. Hopefully, we won't have to shout at each other as much. We got Toy Story 3 versus ah. The Princess and the Frog. <laughs> Yo, Grace about to turn up for Toy Story 3 for the rest of the podcast. Are you right. riding Are you riding with so Toy excited. Story 3 for the rest of the podcast? Is that your winner? <laughs> so Tori messaged me on two days ago, Saturday? Yes. Tori messaged me at like 8 a.m. my time. Yo, it was early. And I was... I, I was at work, and I have a Fitbit, so I get messages on it sometimes. And I just get, like, a text that, yo, Toy Story 3 got me again, and there was an emoji, but I couldn't see the emoji on my Fitbit. And I was just like, man, you can't be talking about Toy Story 3 before, like, noon. <laughs> That's too much. Yeah. That's too emotional. That shit wrecks your day. I haven't had enough coffee that yet today. That shit wrecks your day. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it's such a, like, happy, cozy, I just want to curl up with some hot chocolate and mm-hmm. cry a little bit <laughs> kind of way. Yeah. yeah no? A little bit. I do really like Princess and the Frog. I remember Tori really liked this when it came out, and I didn't see it for a long time. I didn't see Toy Story 3 when it initially came out, too. It, it took a little while. I think I was on tour with yeah. Drum Corps. And then when I finally saw it, I, I have cried every single time I've seen it. I do think it's one of the best Pixar movies, and I was never a fan of the Toy Story movies to begin with. I still don't think you are. I have since become one with Toy Story. I think it's good. Like, I see its merits. It's not one of my favorites. I don't have an emotional connection to it, but I appreciate it. Toy Story 3 is up there for me, and I think it's interesting that as the third in a trilogy... Soon to be a quadrilogy. Yeah, let's not talk. I'm about not that. calling it a quadrilogy. I think they're just rebooting it. They're just they're starting a new trilogy. I think, or starting something yeah. okay. new. Ooh, maybe with the new family. 
I, I think it's just going to be the Toy Story trilogy plus Toy Story 4. Fun. So, okay. we'll never call it a quadrilogy. Wait, then you get to say quadrilogy. Google search, is quadrilogy a word? It, quadrilogy is a word. <laughs> yeah. It's just doesn't roll off the tongue very well. It's It's very satisfying. I think the best thing about Toy Story 3 is the ending. Like, from the time they get... Just from the time they're about to be incinerated to the end. Every time I watch it, it's an impressive feat in cinema to be able to hit your audience like that after they've already seen the movie. Like, I know how this ends. I know it's a happy ending. I relatively like it's bittersweet. It's not a happy ending. Every time it's not a happy ending. It's bittersweet. Like I am not happy we'll, at the end of this movie. It's bittersweet. We'll get back to that. I am on a roll. Excuse you. Ooh, take a seat. Every time we get to the incinerator scene, I start crying. Like I can't process how they're going to get out of it, even though I know the little alien guys are going to come in with the claw. Even though I know it's so just heart-stopping and emotional and impactful, and that is probably that sequence is some of my favorite two minutes of cinema the fact that it's so intense like it keeps you in suspense and so you're just like oh wait oh shit are they actually gonna get incinerated Mm -hmm. like you know so it's nice and also they really keep you guessing with lotso like no lotso's just he's gonna betray him he's gonna turn on him he's gonna screw him and then you really almost believe that he can be helped i really don't like the end with lotso because i feel like it's the same as stinky pete's end in toy story 2 Stinky Pete's yeah. end comes at, you know, Woody's hands because they put him in that backpack. But mm-hmm. I feel like it's kind of the same thing. Like, Lotto becomes the he becomes the butt of a joke. He thinks he's going to be, be cared for, but then he just ends up on the front of a truck. It doesn't bother me that he ends up on the front of the truck. It bothers me that it's so similar to Toy Story 2. But the outcome for the rest of the characters, including the bad guys, like the other supporting bad guys i'm okay with it they don't really get their comeuppance they're just except oh and in sunnyside they go to the what's it called the it's not the butterfly room caterpillar room they just they work it out amongst themselves how they're going to deal with the rougher kids the younger rougher kids and i think that's fine like i think that's that's taking the higher road from a Pixar perspective. Like, I don't think they were inherently evil. Yeah, and obviously they kind of undercut that with Lotso. Like, Lotso is evil. Lotso gets hell. These guys weren't necessarily evil, but they do have to deal with their yeah. mistakes. Let's move to Princess and the Frog for a second. So I like this from a woman empowerment standpoint. This whole movie is about Tiana trying to save money to build her own restaurant on her own. She's been working her butt off since as soon as she could work, really. And she's not trying to, to fall in love with this prince. They turn into frogs, end up together at the end. I'm not crazy about the love story in this. I, I don't think it's necessary. It's kind of weak. It It's weak, and I feel like it was thrown in there to make it a princess story. Mm-hmm. I think making her a princess is just to serve the plot. Yeah. Because the whole, they call it out when they were with Mama Odie trying to figure out how to make them human again. And they go to uh, uh, Lottie 
Tiana's friend, and she's mm-hmm. the since her dad's the king of Mardi Gras, that makes her the princess of Mardi Gras. And they show their hand mm-hmm. when they're like, "Does that count?" Because it's, it's you know, it's a loophole. Yeah, it's, she's it's basically a loophole yeah. is going to solve their problem, and I I like that mm-hmm. it doesn't yeah. work because it's like no. Yeah. No, this is magic. Mm-hmm. Magic. You're not going to get away with solving magic with a loophole. Mm. Princess and the Frog is not Pixar. And it's one of my, it's probably one of my favorite Disney movies now. I'd say mm. it's up there. It's certainly one of my favorite princess movies. But I, I, th- I think the fact that she is a princess is the most disappointing part of this. I think this does a great job of bringing in different cultural aspects of New Orleans and voodoo and the South that you don't see that kids probably aren't exposed Mm -hmm. to unless you're from the South. So I think that's a a neat difference from every other Disney movie. Mm -hmm. As, As far as the princess part of Tiana's character goes, I think it's unnecessary. But I love the thing I love about this movie is how Tiana subverts all the uh, characteristics of Disney females that come before her. Like with the exception of mm-hmm. probably Mulan and Pocahontas, mm-hmm. most of the women that come before her are pretty uh, anti-feminist. Is is that mm-hmm. right? Is that am I saying that right? That, yeah, it makes sense. Because she's very, it's, this movie is very pro-women. I'd say their mm-hmm. archetype. Yeah, they're... Yeah. It subverts mm-hmm. her archetype. That's that's a good word. It subverts her archetype as, you know, a female protagonist. She's not a damsel. Yes. And uh, if you look at the chart that I gave you, I think she's the best princess because her goal isn't to marry a man. Like, she, at the beginning of the movie, she's not even interested. Better than Mulan. Yeah, yeah, too. Mulan's, Mulan's, uh, well... And Moana? Not Moana. Mulan wants to marry, I think, because it will make her family happy. Wait, what? But that's not her goal. Because she goes through the, yeah, it's not a goal. She doesn't do, she doesn't do anything because she wants to end up with She does everything to make her family happy and to bring honor to her family. And to protect her father. Yeah, the love story with that was, like, so back, was just, like, so on, like, far on the back burner because she yeah. is always just family first, family first. Yeah, it's... I need to make my father proud. I need to not be a fuck up because that's exactly how I feel. You know, like that kind of thing. She's trying to prove herself yeah. versus like, I need to marry someone, you know. Yeah, but in this, Tiana's goal is, I want my restaurant. And she mm-hmm. gets turned into a frog by accident. And then her main focus becomes, I want to be a human again so I can get my restaurant. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I feel like Naveen is... He's the C plot of the story. I read somewhere that the Shadow Man isn't even Tiana's antagonist. The Shadow Man is the antagonist to Prince Naveen. Because Tiana yeah. and we oh, don't see yeah. Tiana and Dr. Facilier share a scene until the very end when he is the obstacle in her way from getting what she wants. Yeah. yeah. For the rest of the movie. Dr. Facilier isn't even after Tiana. He's after Naveen, and Tiana mm-hmm. just happens to be mm-hmm. a... Uh, she's a collateral for yeah. Yeah. Naveen. So I, th- mm-hmm. I I like that subversion of mm-hmm. the role that Tiana yeah. plays. 
Yeah. The antagonist for uh, for Tiana would probably be the bank or the landowner yeah. of the of the building that she wants to yeah. get because they said that she could. They said that they were going to take her offer in the beginning. Yeah. But then, like the mm-hmm. next day, they were like, "Oh no, we were offered something better." But yeah. you're a woman, so you wouldn't be able to do this anyway. And it's like, wait, what? Yeah. <laughs> and so later, when she has the money because of uh, because of the prince, she's able to get her property and do her thing that she's wanted to do this whole time. And she's and because she ha- she brought a gator to negotiations, that probably helped too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Speaking of side characters, can we talk about Ray? Let's talk about Ray. Oh, Ray. I think. <laughs> I think Ray is the best character in this movie. Okay. From the beginning, Ray shows up to help. Like the first scene mm-hmm. we see Ray in, he helps Naveen and Tiana get untongue tied. He helps them try to find Mama Odie because Lewis had been leading them the wrong way. He helps Lewis mm-hmm. get all those prickers off of him. Mm-hmm. Sticker burrs. Oh, that's what we used to call them when I was little too. <laughs> we're from texas word <laughs> and ray is just the whole he's that yes friend that everybody needs because when we get to you know the mardi gras parade and we see naveen on the float with charlotte ray's like hold on something's not right let i'm not gonna believe what's going on mm-hmm. and ray is the one that he's 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 the let's keep going character Mm-hmm. and he's yeah. and despite you know being the smallest he tries to take on the shadow man and mm-hmm. you know it cost mm-hmm. him his life Aww. so safe the champion he's a real mvp a lot of people have said that since jim cummings a white man voices a cajun character and it comes off that it comes off as kind of a racist mm-hmm. i disagree because there are white cajuns i dated one (laughs) and ray's a great character ray has i don't think ray has any negative qualities in this movie Mm -hmm. and his song for evangeline is gorgeous Mm -hmm. Uh, uh, it is beautiful mvp of this match ray gotcha i definitely agree with that I have something to add about the story of Toy Story 3 altogether. I said earlier that I liked the last, what, 15 minutes? From the incinerator scene to the end is probably the best part of the movie because Andy goes through something that everybody goes through and it's, you know, giving up something from the past. This is what, this is what made me cry. It's giving up something from the past in order to move, move on. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You don't even have to be talking about toys. You can be talking about, you know, friends, people, habits, vices, things that you love. You have to give up these things jobs. to jobs. You have to give up these things to move on and it's you know, you you have those memories. Mm-hmm. And just the looks on Andy's face, it's like, God, he uh-huh. looks he I've seen those looks on my face before. Mhm. I'll be honest, I did not watch Toy Story 3 this time. Because it's too... I can't do that right now. Like, that is that is exactly what I have done. And that's that's what y'all are doing, too. Is It's not just about leaving for college. It's being a pivotal point in your life or career where you, yes, have, to you have to... make tough choices. Leave everything 
Yeah. But yeah, you have to make tough choices. Because Andy was ready to take Woody with him. And then Bonnie reached mm-hmm. out yeah. and recognized Woody, and Andy realized, oh no, I've got to give up. Yeah. You know, Woody is the symbol of, I think, Andy's childhood. It was mm-hmm. it was basically his best friend. Yes. Yes. Yeah. While he was growing up. So he's like, well, shit. Like, he, you know, Woody was such a huge part of his life, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. And so now he's like, well, crap, now I have to give her, like, now I do I keep him? Do I give him away so that he can also impact, you know, Bonnie's life, yes. too? Yes. So it's... Mm-hmm a huge like internal struggle that he goes through and that kind of like everyone goes through in a sense. Another yeah. uh, civil war illusion that I thought of is when Woody is trying to convince the guys that they were being put in the attic and the, everybody else mm-hmm. decided to go to daycare. I feel like Woody's mm-hmm. whole thing became just like black widow in civil war Yes. Woody's thing became, uh, mm. I want us to stay together. I don't care how we stay together. I just want, yeah. Yeah. And he just, I think yeah. Woody's thing was, we should stay together in the attic because when Andy wants us, we will be there. And I think at the end, when Andy gives Woody away, Woody's thing is, it's better that we're together even if Andy isn't with us. So mm-hmm. yeah, and I think that's the moment when I started crying. No, mm-hmm. what does Woody say at the end to Andy? Uh, so long, partner. Goodbye, partner. So long, so partner. Long partner. Yeah. yeah, I was trying to f- remember what the words before partner were, and I was no, like, "No, you're trying to make me cry right now. That's what Goodbye. you're trying to do." A little <laughs> bit, yeah. Trying to get those those tears going. Heather and her troll superpowers. <laughs> I'm the worst, I know. <laughs> let's talk about the awards for these two movies to keep Toy from yeah, crying. Let's, let's talk about awards. <laughs> At the Annie's, <laughs> Toy Story 3 was only well, nominated for Best Animated Film. And I know you guys are thinking it's Toy Story 3. It was great. It got beat by How to Train Your Dragon in pretty much everything that it was nominated for. Oh, I'm so. okay with that. Yeah. I think that's the only movie I would be okay with that. Like, from you know, that in another era. life, I, in guys, another life, How to Train Your Dragon was made by Pixar. It was, yeah. right? It's so good. One of these days, guys, next April, we I missed opportunities. Yeah. How to Train Your Dragon is still one of my favorite animated movies. It's so good. I might watch it later. It's so good. At the Oscars... It was nominated for Best Picture, making it the third animated movie ever to be nominated for Best Picture. It was nominated for Best Adapted Screenplay. It won Best Animated Film, Best Sound Editing, and... It was nominated for Best Animated Film and... Best Picture, yes. Mm -hmm. Best Picture? That's impressive. And it won Best Original Song for We Belong Together. Mm. And at the Golden Globes, it actually won Best Animated Film. Ooh. Didn't quite, didn't quite mm. make the hat trick, but that's what happens when How to Train Your Dragon is a thing. So good. For Princess and the Frog, it won the Annie Award for Best Animated Effects, 
best character animation and best voice acting for Jennifer Cody as Charlotte, which I think is weird because Charlotte wasn't a, wasn't a really big, yeah, she wasn't a really big character or a key role. I would have gone with Ray or the Shadow Man to tell you the truth. Mm -hmm. I feel like they were, they did much better jobs. At the Oscars, it was nominated for Best Animated Feature and lost to Up. Okay. And it got two nominations for Best Original Song for Almost There and Down in New Orleans at the Oscars. Mm. I really like Almost There. I need that soundtrack. Mm-hmm. It's, a good, it's a good soundtrack. I remember we talked about the music in the last episode, too, yeah, we did. and how we liked that it was super... Diverse. Um, it had a lot of variety. It was super yeah. diverse. Yeah, that was the word I was looking for. It was super variety. That's what my brain was trying to do. <laughs> and that's not that's not real. It was, it was <laughs> super various. Yes. <laughs> and at the Golden Globes, it was also nominated for Best Animated Picture. But I believe it lost to Up. Yeah. Okay. So, which one is on? We haven't talked about uh, iconic lines or I haven't crossed out uh, saddest moments. We kind of already talked about saddest moments. What was the saddest moment in Princess and the Frog? When Ray got squished? His his oh, whole yeah. fucking funeral? Duh. I'm an idiot. Don't, don't listen to me. I'm going to go with Toy Story 3 because I like most of the things in Princess and the Frog, but the not what you want, what you need idea that is preached throughout the whole film kind of missed me. And move the the theme of moving on from Toy Story three is it hits me every time, every mm-hmm. time that I watch the movie. Yeah. But I love Ray. I love Doctor Facilier, whom we talked about last episode for being so damn charismatic. I think the characters and the it's really the the investment that I have with you know, Woody and Buzz and the rest of the toys is what makes me love that film. Mm-hmm. And as a whole, it's it's really great. My pick is Toy Story 3, but I think it's interesting because my reasoning is not based on the investment because I don't care for the first two movies as much. I like these characters, and to a certain degree, I've like I have an emotional connection to some of the original characters, but um, I don't think that's where the buy-in. I think this movie flipped my mind about Toy Story, and it's timeless. The the themes in this movie will connect with every generation for a long, long time, for really ever, because any person is going to go through these sort of transformations, these pivotal points in their lives from Andy's standpoint. And then everyone is going to have to fight these battles and whether or not you have a team alongside you is you would hope that you would. Hopefully you're not going into a furnace. I'm just saying, but yeah, I I really do I do like Princess and the Frog. I'm disappointed in the love interest aspect of it, but it hits the cultural highlights for me. And I like Tiana as a motivated, independent young woman. So, uh, moving on to round three, we have The Incredibles and Toy Story 3. 
I'm really glad y'all didn't Ooh. make me have to do a tiebreaker for that one, because I literally didn't have a choice. I was like, oh crap, they're both so good for, like, total different <laughs> reasons. Yeah. Like, holy shit, I'm not going to be able to choose. Thank y'all for not letting me, for not making me do that. <laughs> These first few episodes, I feel like either one of these could have gone on uh-huh. if it was against, you know, if it wasn't against the ones that they were against. Mm-hmm. These are all good movies. Like they're they're loved yeah. mm-hmm. for a reason. And I know we're probably gonna get shit for some of these. But Meh. These are hard decisions. We make the tough decisions, so you guys don't have to. Yup. For Drunken Disney this week. What do you got? Princess and the Frog. Yeah, New Orleans. Typical musical. Anytime a song starts, you drink. Anytime they talk about food, you drink. And anytime there's a display of voodoo or magic. I like it. It's pretty spread out. Yeah. Yeah. It New is. New song, talk about food, display of magic or voodoo. Hmm. All right. Nice. Upcoming matchups for our next episode. We'll be talking about Wreck-It Ralph versus Monsters University and a Oof. goofy movie versus Hercules. I think this is going to be the episode... Where I lose my friend, Pedro. I think this is where Pedro and I break up. Just because he's very loyal to a goofy movie. We'll have to see how that goes. Don't screw me on this, Tori. <laughs> oh my. I make no promises. <laughs> I tell you, I will, on- I will argue honestly and impartially. You can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Disneyverses. On Twitter, at DisneyVS. Remember to rate, review, and subscribe to us on iTunes. Give us a five-star review and let us know how we're doing. And on Google Play Music, please give us... Twelve and a half capes. Twelve and a half capes. Yay! Very nice. I love it. Thank you. You're so proud of that. Thank you. I really am. Mm -hmm. Proud of you. That was very good. (laughs) Thanks for listening. And uh, we will see you guys next episode. No kips. No kips. Copy my <laughs> <laughs>